Can you oh, it me? sounded a lot better without him. No, oh, okay, that's good. Talking about me? Yeah. Okay. Better podcast without you, Burnsy. Yeah, I'll just leave then. <laughs> Mike just plugged headphones in, and it sounded a lot better without the headphones. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Want to get flowing or what? Am I what? You want to get going or what? Yeah, we'll get going. You can introduce. You can introduce. Do the do whatever you do. All right. Whatever. Okay. Well, welcome to episode eight of Man Talk, presented by Jivu Boys. Um, as always, I'm Nick. I'm here. Also got with Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good. A little tired, but we'll get through this. Okay, me and you and Bernsey together. We also got Bernsey with us. What's up, Bernsey? Not too much, man. That's good. Uh, hey, you know, last, you know, we're we're all all three of us are very focused on sports. You know, that's a big part of our life, and uh, we did want to talk about sports, like that's part of this podcast. But since COVID has hit, there hasn't been much to talk about. But like this last week, man, things are starting to heat up. Uh, Especially with that that announcement by the NHLPA, I don't know if you boys are on top of that or what. No, tell us. Okay, so the other day, I think it was Thursday, the um, the NHL proposed a twenty four team playoff format to once uh, a training camp has finished, so probably late August. So in order for that to happen, they had to the NHLPA, the Players Association, had to vote and approve it. So what the NHLPA Association is, is the one representative from each team, all 31 teams, had a vote. And they needed 18 votes for this proposed playoff format to go through. Uh, so last Thursday went through on a vote of 29-4 with two against it. So it's looking like we have a, a good... Uh, idea of what our, a playoff format will look like when hockey returns. Um, Bernsey, have you have you read at it at all, or have you? Yeah, seen it? I uh, le- yesterday I was actually reading um, an article. Alex Kalorn from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who who was one of the teams that um, said no to this proposal, them and the Carolina Hurricanes, I believe. I was yep. just reading the explanation why his team voted against it. And it was it was pretty interesting. It it sounds like um, the first round will be a best of five instead of best of seven. Uh-huh. Um, and he he basically said the team's mindset was that one they just felt it would be unfair in general just to have bad teams who weren't going to get in the playoffs have a chance to win three games and go on ahead. But then he also said he didn't like the fact that his own team had a buy just because he felt they would be less prepared. So I thought that was pretty interesting. It sounds like he would rather play more games than get a a free ride to the second round just so that they can get more um, in-game shape, which I I thought that was interesting. I I can see what he's saying because if, like, say the team he just played was just in an intense five-game, like, playoff series, they're already five games ahead of Tampa Bay. Like, they're already in the zone. They already have a good feel of what what hockey will look like without fans and playoff hockey. So I get it. Um, But I think when it comes to a proposal, no matter what they do, someone's going to get shafted. 
Um, so I feel like this this was the best proposal um, as far as including everyone, I think. But Mike, you haven't you haven't looked at into it at all? Oh right, because Ottawa's not in it. Yeah, well, I only care about the draft order, but I do have an inside scoop for you boys. Maybe I told maybe I was telling you this, Nick, um, on Saturday, but um but uh so we heard from so Kyle Shifley, Mark's brother, is a youth leader. Like, I guess we volunteer together. And uh, he was saying at the last youth night, he inside scoop is that, um, oh, and Alex, I guess you would have heard this too, probably. Yeah. Um, in, inside scoop is that the regular season would, uh, now the start date would like move indefinitely to like December and then so the hockey season would go from like December to August every year um, and that would just be like a business decision to like move the start date um, and so I thought that was I thought that was really interesting just something to keep an eye on because it's like crazy how that like this moment in time could like indefinitely change like when we see the start of hockey I did hear I that like it's been on the table for a couple years that Adam Silver the commissioner of the NBA wanted for a, for a few years to make the opening day for the NBA Christmas day. So I'm wondering if I, I personally feel NBA would be better suited to start later and then end later than hockey. So I'd be interested to see if uh, any of those two leagues actually go ahead and, and do that. Um, the, in- yeah. the interesting thing, that's a good point. The interesting thing about that August thing is that um, I know in, in June, like Florida, the Florida teams and uh, Phoenix and a lot of the California teams actually have like trouble keeping their ice cool. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's in June. That's not even in August yet. So I wonder, like, because I remember when Tampa would, went in their deep playoff run, um, they had trouble keeping their ice up to par. And like they had to like, it cost a lot of money. And I don't, it was just hard for them to keep their ice cold. So I wonder if that would be an issue for, honestly, everyone else. Because, like, in, even in Toronto, it gets cold. I mean, it gets really hot come August. But They won't have to worry about that, though, because I don't think they'll see any postseason hockey. Oh, uh, you're on to talk, Mike. Yeah, coming from the stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was I was impressed because usually the NHL is like behind the ball, like when they're marketing their ideas, like that I was because the NBA hasn't come out with anything yet. I was just kind of impressed that the NHL has come out ahead of the the NBA and even the MLB. So I think this is good for the league. It'll gain some interest um, and maybe grow the game. But just a side note. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. Hey, Bernsey. Great shout out last week. Um, if our listeners are unaware, Bernsey gave a shout out to Alfonso Davies, the left back for Bayern Munich. And uh, what did he do after the shout out? Shout, shout out by Bernsey? No, oh, just, just a goal um, assist on Saturday. Mm, nice. So, mm. um, all because of you. Yeah, he must have heard the Jeevu boys gave him a shout out. And <laughs> he went and performed on the world stage. Um, and Bernsey. Big game Tuesday, right? Yeah, Bayern versus Dortmund. I'm, 
I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, it's uh, number one versus number two in the in the German soccer league, and yeah, should be interesting. Der Klassiker, if you're. That's German. what it's called. I was thinking, well, what do they call it? But yeah, Der Klassiker. Yeah. Uh, another another big sport event that happened. But Burns, you check out uh, what is it? The mat, the playoff, or the with, match. The match with yeah. Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Phil Mickelson. That was that was actually really fun to watch. Just those guys all just mic'd up, just trash talking each other. It was actually a really good time. So what was it? It was basically um, like two v two. So it was Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Tom. And um, there was a couple special holes, like longest drive, closest to the pin, that kind of stuff. But it was basically like uh, just a regular two on two, like lowest score wins. So. Tiger and Peyton came out on top, which I was expecting because Tiger's the GOAT. But um, just, I don't know, I really like watching Phil. I think he just has a great personality for TV. And it, it was uh, very entertaining hearing um, what they had to say during during the round. And uh, it was all for a charity, right? Yeah, they I think they raised $25 million or something for COVID relief. So it was for a good cause too, which makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> A decent chunk. That's actually unbelievable. That's actually unbelievable. That's a there, there's like a couple times where these celebrities like Charles Barkley, um, he's like an NBA player with terrible golf swing. If ever, anyone wants to look it up, look up Charles ba- Barkley golf swing, and you'll feel a lot better about your golf game. Um, but there's like a couple times where he's just like chirping Tom, like, "Oh, I'll give you fifty grand if you can." hit this shot on the green and Tom doesn't do it obviously because he sucks, but just like the, the amount of money that these guys can just like bet on the spot is insane. So yeah, it, it rose up pretty high at the end. Wait, like, so where the, so all the 25 million was all from like donations. Yeah, there was, it was sponsored by like Audi and Michelob ultra. So that, that gave like a bunch and then throughout the round, just celebrities kept tweeting in and, um, donating some as well. Well, nice. That's nice. Wow. That's a ton of money. That's crazy. All right. Um, sorry, I have nothing yeah. to say. Well, like, so. <laughs> that's all I got for sports. I don't know um, if you guys got anything to add. How was your week? You guys had a good week? or? Yeah, hey, um, when we did this like rock hunt, scavenge hunt mm. thing. Shout out yeah. Debbie Fish, Fine, and Janelle George for setting that up. That yeah, happy birthday, Isaac. Wait, explain to the... Um, yeah, explain, explain it. More. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, rock hunt. So, uh, well, like, because, okay, so Isaac's mom... Former guest, Isaac Fishbine. Uh, former guest, Isaac Fishbine. He was on episode three uh yeah episode three um accepting responsibility i believe um so so he was on our podcast and he he had a birthday recently and his mom and uh debbie and sis and sorry (laughs) um and the girlfriend janelle organized a like rock hunt scavenger hunt thing for us to go um like basically uh friends signed up in like pairs or you'd kind of like sign up with like your household i guess and you'd go out and you'd like look for um, like look for these rocks that had uh, 
initials on them of like people playing. Um, and if you found your rock, then you'd like pick it up and like take it out of the game so other people can't find it. And like each rock with initials was worth like 10 points. And then there are other rocks that had like painted symbols on them that were worth like what 15 points. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then, so that was, and then I don't know, there's other like bonus challenges you could do, but I don't know. I think like Taylor and I, we spent a couple hours like looking for these rocks and we ran into Nick, we ran into like Nick's family. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Nick, apparently you ran into Burns yeah, and like Katrina, three different but times. yeah, so we didn't run into them at all, but, uh, yeah, that's, but we saw your car in the parking lot, Burnsy. Yeah. I saw, I saw TKs when I pulled in, so I thought I'd, I'd see you guys, but it didn't happen. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. Um, but actually how'd you, uh. How'd you we, guys finish? I was devastated. I was hoping for podium finish, but we finished fourth right behind you, like you and TK. So I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, I actually, yeah. Yeah, so we got third and then. Uh, yeah, Nick. we brought up the rear. <laughs> Someone's got to come in last. So that's us, my family. Yeah. Darlene was pretty upset, eh? That's Nick's mom. Like you, you guys, you guys left so early though. Like after Nick got a text from his sister saying they were leaving, Katrina and I stayed for like another hour and a half. So actually, yeah, we were, we were confused. Well, like we just wanted to find our rock, like with our initials. So as soon as we found it, then we just left. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We found it. Yeah. Cause uh, we, we found, uh, well, we had trouble finding ours and then all of a sudden we found it right after we ran into like uh, Nick and his family. And then, and then on the same, on the same path, there was, uh, there was actually yours, Alex. Like we, mm -hmm. then we found yours. So, um, but yeah, so then afterwards, after doing this challenge, it was like Friday from 10 AM to Saturday at noon. After doing this challenge, you'd like submit your results and then, like, we'd go, you'd drive by Isaac's place and, like, wish him happy birthday. And, like, he'd give you some cake or something. So, yeah. That's what that was. That was a good time. That, that's thing. why you're so tired. Yeah. I think that's, well, I think that's part of it. Part of it was, it's all started Friday. So, Friday, I went for a bike ride um, with this guy, um, Aaron Fister. We're going to drop his name right now because it's possible. I think we might we might have him on the podcast. I might interview him. Hey, I got uh, Aaron Fister with me right here. We're going to do a quick segment on the fly. We are at uh, University of Waterloo campus with uh, uh, a new uh, future uh, Waterloo student, uh, Aaron Fister. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. <laughs> Good to talk to you. So this this podcast is completely on the fly. We didn't plan to do this, but um, Aaron, tell me uh, what's been what's uh, what have you been doing in quarantine? Oh, you know, I've been uh, trying to like get a lot of you know focus on a lot of new uh, hobbies and skills. Like uh, I've taken cycling, for example. Like uh, I'll like go out every you know day or two, like bike like 20, 25 kilometers, and I'm trying to like get get to maybe forty. And uh, I've been doing some other stuff too. I've been reading a lot. Uh, I've also been keeping up with my schoolwork, not really because I have to, but like, because uh, I probably should make some good habits for uh, studying next year. 
at, at Waterloo. Yeah, so tell the listeners, uh, what grade are you in? What, what high school do you go to? Uh, so I'm in grade 12 and I go to Eastwood. Um, and uh, I've been accepted to Waterloo for uh, mechanical engineering. So uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, I probably won't be here for a little while still because of all this quarantine. Uh, they're not like, they're running a lot of big classes online and that's sort of where I fall. Uh, so I'm not too sure what things look like, but I am, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's good. So you said, uh, so you said biking. Yeah, so today what we did was, uh, so parks, uh, parks are open today. Um, and uh, we would decide to go for a little social distancing bike ride, Fister and I. Um, so we biked here to um, the University of Waterloo, which was a, uh, it's a 10 kilometer bike ride. And then we just stopped, we stopped, had a, we brought some drinks with us. So we stopped, cracked open a can of Coke and uh, <laughs> drank it. And then like now we might be, and now we're sitting here recording this podcast and uh, we're gonna be back on our, on our bike soon to go home. But um, Aaron, so tell us, so, okay. It looks like for a high school student, high school has been like uh, five or six years ago for me, but you got, um, you know, there are some big things when you're in grade 12 that get canceled prom and uh, graduation. So how does that look right now for a high school student? And uh, yeah, tell us about that. Like, is that disappointing for you not to have those things? Uh, honestly, uh, like, so if you were to ask me that same question a year ago, Mike, I would have probably told you like, oh, I don't really care. Uh, like, I'm not really involved in my school anyways, but uh, actually now I'm, now that like I'm, I'm here and like I, like I actually can't go to school and that's like an, not like, not really like a choice. I would say I am pretty uh, annoyed of, about that, uh, about, especially about prom, uh, but also about graduation. Uh, but I, I do think it'll probably like, if, if enough people like want it to happen, it'll happen later sometime. Uh, I'm not like too worried about it. Um, yeah, that's good. We don't really need to worry about that, do we? Um, but Aaron, you're a man of faith. You're a man of God. Um, is there anything that God's been teaching you that you want listeners to know? Anything at all during this time of like isolation, quarantine? Maybe you've been in the Word a little bit. Maybe you've been reading a book. Um, anything interesting at all that you want to uh, share with our listeners that God's been teaching you? No, I think uh, the most important thing about quarantine, and uh, I do think that this is a great opportunity just to sit and listen to what God has to say to you. Uh, it could be like about, you know, deciding something uh, big in your life, or it could be uh, just to get back on track with God. Um, like right now, we're not as busy, you know, we're not going places every day. We don't have our routines. So I think it's important to uh, establish a routine for God. Uh, something, you know, like something daily um where like you just talk to god and you say like god what do you want for me what do you that's that's like the biggest question i've been asking because you know i've i've been having to decide like where to go to school and like uh like some big steps like probably the biggest steps i've taken in my life so far and uh i've i've really just been asking you know god what do you want for me uh you know like i know this is a good program but it, lord if you if you don't want me to go here you have something different in store i'm totally cool with that and uh, I'm not gonna let myself get in the way of that. And uh, I just want, I just want you to uh, to guide me and tell me what you want me to do. Not not only for school, but like all for my entire life, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So okay. So 
that's exactly what I think, right? We should be looking for God's guidance and God's will over our lives. We should be chasing those things, conscious of those things, not our own desires or wills. Um, so Aaron, can you just explain a little more maybe how um, you've seen God's guidance in leading to you to um, going to the University of Waterloo and accepting uh, that offer to go there? Any way that, any way that you've seen his guidance in particular? Yeah, so it, it's actually pretty interesting. Like, uh, I didn't actually see this until like probably just a couple weeks ago. Um, but like before, I was kind of like, um, you know, like I'll just take, I just want to, you know, have a good life and like sort of uh, not have to worry like about school and like take it easy. Um, but it really sort of like dawned on me, like um, just like God sort of telling me like, um, don't don't take the easy way out like uh, I have like good things in store for you and uh, I'm gonna put this in your life so that um, you can you can do it um, and you'll do it with my help um, like you won't you won't do this alone but um, you'll come out of this and uh, you'll be who I made you to be um, like I feel like a lot of people listening might you know sort of experience like the feeling of, uh, you know, like I don't really, I don't, I can do this by myself. Like, I'm just here to have a good time and all that. And I mean, that's, I guess, like, there are times when, like, it's, yeah, you should have a good time, but like, you should be having a good time with God, in my opinion. Like, um, and I, I think, like, ever since I've like sort of been asking Him like for help with like school and stuff, you know, like, I say like, you know, God, like I've studied so much. Uh, could you just help me get the mark you want me to have mm, that's um, right and i mean i haven't gotten like the best marks but i've i think the marks i've gotten are like sort of where he wants me to be and i, I actually feel great about that yeah so i think one thing i tell i tell boys sometimes it's hey like marks aren't really that important the only purpose of marks um is to just lead you and steer you where god wants you to be um, God is capable of giving you the understanding of the things that he wants you to know when he wants you to know them. So if you're writing a test and hey, he wants you to get a good mark on that, it'll help you study well. It'll help give you a clear mind and focus. Um, so God plays, God's playing a huge role in directing your path, directing your future, um, even in the marks we get. So we can totally see um, God's guidance in uh, the marks we're getting. Aaron, you're a smart guy. Don't forget that, right? <laughs> and and God's got a plan for you, just like you said, right? He has a plan that's good for you, uh, a plan that's good not to harm you, but to prosper you. Uh, that's the kind of plan that God has for you. Um, but you just got to, what you got to do, and you already said this, is um, just submit yourself to his will. And even if it might not look good, it might not look like something you want, you say, hey, God, that's not something I like. That's not something I'm interested in. Um, but then he'll reveal to you, hey, no, I actually know who you are better than you know yourself. So I actually know what's good for you. Um, and, and so we can trust God in that way, even if it is uh, really difficult and challenging. Um, so thanks, Aaron. Is there anything else you want the listeners to know um, as we wrap up this interview? Anything else? It can be absolutely anything. Um, yeah, anything you want to tell our listeners, boys? You got some good advice for boys? Actually, Aaron's really funny when he gives good advice for boys, but uh, especially with girls or something. But yeah, Aaron, got any advice? <laughs> uh, I'd say probably, uh, now that you say it like that, Mike, I don't know what I'm, uh, I'm thinking here, but I think if I were to say something really good for all the guys out there, uh, it would just be to uh, talk to God and listen to what he has to say. Uh, he might not 
uh, answer right away, but like uh, he'll answer and he'll he'll surely um, say something to you in one form or, or another. You just have to ask for wisdom to know uh, what God's to, to listen to what God's saying to you because uh, I guess sometimes people don't always God might be talking to them but they don't always have like the ears to listen mm-hmm. uh, and you'd, you'd be surprised what he has to say it could be um, and this kind of like is super general because like it could be for uh, decisions like especially with school or it could be with uh, well you you mentioned I'm good at giving advice with the ladies so yeah. it could be with that too <laughs> well, Aaron just says, Aaron just says, hey, man, don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, what? Are, hey, why are you trying to get into this relationship with a girl? You're in grade nine. What do you think you're doing, man? <laughs> you know, that's just kind of how Aaron talks. And it's like, Aaron, you're completely right. And it's just funny to listen to him uh, give that kind of advice. And like we laugh about it and joke about it. And I think he's telling, you know, 100% Hundo P the truth. Um, and he does it in a way that I think is really funny. Um, and... I think resonates with the guys um so that's why i like hearing it from aaron but yeah all right aaron uh want to give us a little like side out i don't know if you can practice i don't know like sometimes we have weird people give like a little yabba dabba do or something (laughs) uh well my last name is fister right so uh gee i don't know uh gotta edit this part we can can always edit this (laughs) uh Actually, I might just keep that in there. I like really natural stuff. <laughs> Super awkward, eh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, that's going to be the sign out. Uh, see you guys later. Bye. Back to the podcast now. Regular programming. What I miss? Um, we just asked how oh, next week was. I missed it. And our yeah, weekend. How was week? Pretty forgettable. Uh, I just did a... Uh, oh. I'll tell you, he, he made a, he uh, had a spelling mistake in uh, his base cover letter that he uses for all his oh, cover geez. letters. So then, so then he had to redo all his cover letters because of one what spelling was mistake. It? In all. Compiled, it was supposed to be compiled, but I wrote complied. Ooh. Yeah. But That's like, tough. I'm, I'm just glad I can delete my application and resend it. Oh, that's easy. But like no, I just it's easy, but it just takes a lot of time because like you gotta mm-hmm. export it to a PDF, then you gotta upload it. Uh, like each cover letter probably takes like 15, 20 minutes. Dang. Hey, did I ever tell you this story about one time? Like, I I did this like I volunteered at school to do this thing where you share your co-op experience with like incoming Waterloo students. And uh, so in this, so it was like a presentation to like 50 students and they would like, and me and like another girl, we did this and they would like post our, what our resumes look like, like on a slide so that like students could see what a resume Uh looks like, I guess. Um, So then, and then I had a spelling mistake in my resume. It was, uh, I think it was, I put, um, so I had this dishwasher job in grade 12 and I think I wrote um, mopping the floor, but I wrote moping instead of mopping. <laughs> so anyways, like I'm not huge, like, so what spelling mistake, like big whoop. Like, I don't really, I don't know. It's not a big turnoff to me if I was hiring someone, but anyways, 
um, this, so they post my resume up on this, on, up on this slideshow. And like, there's 50 plus students like in this lecture hall. So like, there's this guy like that comes up to me after I just couldn't believe the nerve <laughs> of him really, but he just honestly, like when you're, when you're just, I don't know, when you're coming in the first year, you just think, you know, everything, I guess. So he just comes up and he just comes up and he's like, and and I'm like, oh, hey, what's your name? Like, greet him, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, yeah, you know, he, he just want, he just came up just to tell me he found a spelling mistake in my resume. And he had, like, the biggest grin on his face. Like, he was so happy for himself. And, and I was like, oh, thanks, buddy. Like, I'll change it later. Thanks for letting me know. Like, it was, just, it was honestly just kind of awkward. But it was like, yeah. Did you apply to jobs yeah. with that? <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. I think I've been in an interview and like people have pointed out, Hey, you spelled that wrong. And I'm like, all right. Like, like, like and I've got that job too. So, you know, like they don't hire me for my spelling, you know? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Bar you, hey, you got to market. Uh, what's your marketable quality, Nick? That's what, I don't know. It's not, my, spelling? It's no, I don't not know. my spelling I don't or know. my written skills. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what. All right, All right yeah. well, let's, we, we, yeah, we, we digressed did. a little bit, which is okay. But um, what? Yeah, okay. I don't know. All right. Um, uh, I was gonna say, how do you spell digress? <laughs> but I don't even know. Okay. Um. Oh, okay. Let's pick up at. So let's go. Like, let's hit up mm -hmm. this Noah story. Oh, actually, I have some. Uh, just based on something we talked about last week, I went back and like looked at yeah. some numbers. Um, Cause uh, so I asked Bernsey about like the genealogy thing and I'm like, Hey, was Noah alive at the same time uh -huh. as Adam? Right. And I actually, I looked it up cause I was curious. So in Genesis five, it gives an account of how long, like a lot of these people have lived. And when you add up the numbers, you realize so if Adam was born year zero, and then he lived for 930 years, um, so he died at year 930, and Noah, but Noah was actually born at year 1056. So, I mean, you're talking like 100 years, like 126 years after Adam dies, uh, Noah is born. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. So Noah's dad, Noah's dad, actually, because let me look here. Um, Mike, where I'm just looking. Where does where do you find the year that Noah was born? You find the year Noah. So it doesn't. That's the thing. It doesn't actually tell you the year Noah was born. But when you add up all the, because it tells you like, um, for example, for example, let's see. So when Adam was, it says when Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who was just like him in his own. He named his son Seth. So this is Genesis 5, verse 3. So you know that uh, when Adam was 130 years old, he had a yeah. son named Seth. Um, and after the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years. So you know, so you know that Adam lived 930 years total because he had a son at 130 oh, yeah. named so, Seth. So then you just added up everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So I was, so I just was like, okay, so Seth, and then it's like, and Seth, uh, when he was 105 years old, became the father of Enosh. 
So, you know, so you can just go through that lineage and just like add up like the 130 plus the 105 and then add up like the next yeah. would be adding 90. Um, anyways, so you can just go through that. So I added those all up and that's how I got that. If you're wondering. Um, so, okay. Um, so then last week we did talk about, I don't know, the big thing that sticks out to me is that Noah was a righteous man who walked with God. Um, I'm listening. There's a podcast. Jordan Peterson actually does a podcast. It's like a two hour long podcast about uh, walking with God and talking about Noah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Maybe I should send it to you boys. I don't, yeah. Jordan um, Peterson's. Like, he actually, I, I still don't know how I feel about that guy. Oh, really? Actually, tell me, well, tell me, um, I mean, you don't know how you feel about him, but tell me um, what puts, what, what makes you well, like, on he, edge or like, I've why are you? I've never heard him say that he's a Christian. Like I've heard people, I've heard people ask no. him, ask him like, oh, are you a Christian? And then he kind of like, oh, well, what's your definition of a Christian? And like, da, da, da. And like, and he, he like, he admits that like, there is like this, this God he like I've never heard him say he believes the like in the God of the Bible, but he does believe that there is a like a a God out there. But he, like I've never, and he's like super smart, and so like I respect him on that. Yeah. It's just I don't know <clears throat> I don't know how much I should take in what he says on religion based off of like other stuff. Yeah. So this guy, it's so incredible. He really like. I think to me, his life is at least his life to me is evidence that you can't um, reason your way into mm. salvation. I like that. I, I like right? that a lot. You can't. Yeah. That, that to me is what I see in him because <clears throat> you can just tell. And it actually kind of it makes me a little upset. But um, you actually can tell like, you know, he's not he's not saved, but he's the smartest. Like he's the, he's one of the smartest mm -hmm. people I've ever heard talk. And he can ex he can explain things in the Bible that a lot of people can't. Um, so God's, I think, I don't know, I take that as I think God's using him. But at the same, like, uh, but at the same time, it's like, well, this guy isn't saved. He can't read. Like, it's crazy. What it's crazy what I hear this guy say. And it's like, for example, I'll give you one. I'll give you one example. Oh, I don't know exactly where this verse is. I think it's somewhere in Mark. I think it's like Mark chapter four, but it's basically um, these. Uh, so these these uh, Pharisees are accusing Jesus of like, oh, your your power for miracles and blah blah blah. That's that's coming uh, from from Satan. That's coming from that's uh, like a demon thing. Um, it's not come. It's not from God. Um, so then. So then he so then Jesus says to these people, he says, um, you, he says, I tell you, every forget, every sin is forgiven. Okay, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, every sin is forgiven. He basically says, the only sin that you can't be forgiven is uh, blaspheming mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's like, well, what does that mean? And like, I heard, and I heard Jordan Peterson say, uh, talk about this on his podcast he's like blaspheming the holy spirit that's the only sin that's not forgiven it's like what the heck does that mean and jordan peterson's like well well who the heck would know what that means blah 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 and i'm like it's funny because i had just read recently in the book it was a pastor that explained what that meant 
Um, and the pastor explained what that meant as um, essentially like the Holy Spirit is what allows you to um, see Jesus and what allows you to be saved. Um, so if you're rejecting the thing that allows you to be uh, forgiven, then you'll never be forgiven was the idea. And so that's, and then Jordan Peterson goes on to literally explain it, like explain basically the same meaning. He's like, you can't reject the thing that's at the, uh, that, um, that's at the head of it all. You can't reject, um, you can't reject the thing that allows for forgiveness. And it's just crazy to me that a guy like Jordan Peterson, who's not saved, um, who is who hasn't received the Holy Spirit to be forgiven, actually understands mm -hmm. what that verse means. I thought that was wild. Um, so, yeah, really, really interesting. We could guy. we could probably talk but, about that guy for a whole yeah, hour, we but maybe we should start getting on Noah. Okay, um, so yeah, let's get back into Noah. Um, so yeah, I just was basically saying I looked at the lineage and I noticed, hey, Noah was born about. 126 years after Adam died. So his father, um, his father would have known, um, his father would have lived on the earth while Adam was alive. So I just thought uh, that was, that was rather crazy. Uh, we talked about, you know, Noah being a righteous man walking with God. And then, so, so I'm, so we all read Genesis chapter seven and um, it's just, Oh, what is so so again, like it starts with like, no, um, so last week we talked about uh, Noah's will to obey. And still I spent like a week thinking about like what Noah's will to obey. And I think Noah got a lot of instructions from um, God, like a lot of different instructions. Like it's clear to me. So your responsibilities, your work to do, your will to obey, your woman to love and protect. So it's clear to me that your Adam, uh, Noah's responsibility his uh, work to do was, hey, build this boat. But his will to obey was like all those instructions um, God gave him throughout. And I and I imagine like we get a very small snapshot of what his instructions actually were for the boat. Like, sure, we're told, we were told like, hey, how long it is, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high, uh, leave an 18 inch opening below. Like there's all these instructions, lower, middle and upper deck. and it, And it just keeps saying though, it's like the instructions, though, might not be that important. But what is really important um, is that Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. So whatever his will to obey is, whatever his will to obey is, whatever instructions God God's giving him, uh, Noah seems to be following those uh, quite well. Um, so, yeah, so we pick up here at Genesis chapter seven. Um, and I just find it interesting how first thing he says is like, um, so when everything was ready, go into the boat with all your family for among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous, like which already we established that in Genesis chapter six, that Noah, only man on the earth that is righteous in the eye of the Lord, he was walking with God. Um, so, but, but God just seems to like to repeat that to Noah, like, Hey, I'm doing this for you because you are the only one that's righteous. Maybe, uh, I guess. So, okay. Um, yeah. And then we learn here that uh, Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. Okay, so what do we learn about Noah's character here? Um, I think like in verse five, so Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. 
Um, like, yeah, it'd be like I, I said this last last podcast. Like, you're in the middle of the land, and God tells you to build a boat. Like, you gotta like it'd just be so hard to like fully commit, and it it just appears that like no, it has. So like, I think that first vibe. First verse five, like just really says something about him, and that's what it. Yeah, what do you guys take of the i the special instructions with? Okay, so with the animals here, like I got a notes in my Bible that say scholars have estimated that almost forty five thousand animals could have fit into the boat. So that is that's a lot of animals. So that include like insects and stuff. Yeah, I I'd assume so. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I I remember oh, like in the, that scurry along the in the ark they had a whole bunch of like baskets and stuff for like insects and smaller animals. So like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah they which, which makes sense. Like you don't really want like them, right spiders and snakes all over the place in the ark so you'd want them to um keep them in a little basket where they can't get out (laughs) (laughs) i threw that in there yeah i'm terrified um and then yeah seven pairs of every kind of bird seven pairs of every kind of animal approved for eating and for sacrifice Hmm. So it's talking. Sorry. Yeah, kind of get. I kind of just um. Yeah. What are you saying? When you're talking about sacrifices, like certain animals for that, um, that kind of I don't know. That kind of says to me that, like, no matter what circumstance in life you're in, you're still, like, it's still your duty to to worship God and do as He says. So even, even as. Noah was in an ark for 40 days and 40 nights. He was still required to sacrifice to God for everything that he's done. And I think that like, we can definitely relate to that during in in quarantine. Like it's not like a perfect metaphor, but our houses are like our own little arcs, you know, like we can't go anywhere that we used to go, but even so, like, even though God has put us in this situation, we're still obligated to worship him and to, um, you know, read our Bible as we did before and pray as we did before. So just because you're in a different circumstance, even to the extreme, it doesn't really give you an excuse to slack off with your relationship with God. Yeah, and sacrifice is actually one of those big words that I think when we're, if you're looking for a theme on, if you're looking for something about investing eternally, you know, those that word sacrifice is something to pay attention to because, um Investing eternally, we talked about on the podcast, uh, that would be in episode five. Um, we just talked about how um, investing eternally is sacrificing something in the present uh, for the future, for the long game. Um, so you're kind of sacrificing your great reward now for greater reward later was what we talked about. That's kind of our description of what it means to invest eternally. So even, even in this uh, tough even in this circumstance where um, Noah um, is on a boat, like he, like what you're saying, uh, they still don't, 
give up sacrificing things. They don't, they don't give up. Um, they don't give up investing eternally. Cause that's what I see is like, if you're sacrificing something now, something in the present, cause you, you're thinking of the long game. Hey, I'm, I'm bargaining with the future here. I'm going to give up something now um, for the future. Um, so that, so that, that concept of investing eternally is present even while on the ark. And God is providing instructions here as a way to do it. Um, and it seems to appear like this is happening. Um, these might be new instructions right before like Noah gets onto the boat and maybe Noah is wondering, oh, how am I going to, um, if I only have a pair of each animal, how am I going to have, um, what am I going to eat? Um, what am I going to sacrifice? Um, right. So, but God, God provided a way God provided a sacrifice. Um, yeah, God, God provides food and a sacrifice for Noah. Um, so that's cool. Um, anything else we see along the lines of our vision of manhood, um, rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility, leading courageously or investing eternally. Yeah, like chapter seven is basically um, just the final instructions of that God gave to Noah about like what kind of animals he has to take on, like clean and unclean animals. And then there's kind of special instructions with birds. But then <clears throat> starting in like verse 17, it just talks about what happened during the flood. And so it was 40 mm. days and 40 nights that um, the waters were um, coming or like the rain was coming down. So like 40 days and 40 nights straight of pure downpour, like that adds up. And it says um, the waters rose and covered the mountains to a, a depth of more than 15 cubits, um, which is, says is about 22 feet. So like 22 feet of water. That's um, yeah, that's a lot of water. That's what? how tall like four of me yeah like that's that's pretty pretty tall so i think just like yeah yeah and that's the highest peaks that's the that's at the high and it just i don't know that kind of just shows like god's power like he can do whatever he wants so like he literally just floods the whole earth so that that kind of stuck out with me so for me that that stuck out with me too I took the meaning a little bit differently because um, so I sometimes think, so when at the, at the, in the creation account in Genesis chapter one, there's, it says, well, here's your tohu wabohu, Alex. It says the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep water. So this is how the earth um, started. Like, I imagine the earth at the beginning of creation was just like, it was just a big ball of water is how I imagine it. And these waters and these waters are deep. So, so when God, when, when God wants to um, recreate um, his creation, he returns it back to that uh, formless and empty state, that formless and void state you got. So the earth started as this big ball of water, it returns to a big ball of water um, and the water it's deep. And that's what it says in Genesis chapter one, verse two, it says, and darkness covered the deep 
water. So it calls the waters deep. Um, and uh, I've just heard someone interpret that deep waters um, as a signal. It's deep because it's deep of potential. Like what could this earth be? What could God's creation become? Um, I've just heard that. So when it talks about that depth in Genesis chapter seven, it's like, huh, there's like, it's restoring it back to like old, like uh, the earth when it was formless and void. Um, and it's got potential to be something. Um, so that's, yeah. So the water covers the earth. Okay. You know, what always strikes me is uh, verse 16 where it says the Lord closed the door behind them. It's like they enter the boat. So it says male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded them, just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. Hmm. Be a, a sight to see. Yeah. A sight to see. Like it would have been like, I wonder if they had like, a plan to how they were going to close that door. Um, or if like, maybe God never instructed them like how to, how that door was going to get closed. So it was like, kind of like leaving it up to the last moment. Okay. We don't know how we're going to get this big door closed, but then like God just takes care of that. Um, like a word. Sorry, Mike. It was massive. You, You guys, you guys saw that door. Well, you can say, but you guys saw that door at the Ark yeah. in Kentucky. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah. It's pretty big. What were you going to say, Bernsey? Just like a word picture that, I don't know, just creates a cool painting in my mind is in, uh, in verse 11, midway through, it just says, the floodgates of heaven, heaven were open. Or like on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth and the floodgates of heaven were open. It kind of just like makes me think up in like the sky, there was like, there was like a trap door or something. And then like it kind of opened and then just water just like dumped everywhere. And that kind of, and that's how it was like for 40 days. So I think as soon as that happened, Noah was kind of like, all right, I'm glad I listened to you, God. Thanks for keeping me safe. So that, that just, I don't know, that's a cool description of, of how it happened. Um, so, so yeah, we haven't talked much about Noah, uh, leading courageously. Uh, so, but this is, I mean, this is like, you know, when you get to the point where the flood covers the earth, like, oh man, like, Hey, this boat I, I built, like, you know, it starts to rain. And I think, you know, Noah has been waiting for this. So he's kind of, I think you know, you're anticipating this, um, this event yeah. to happen, but like, it's a scary event. Right. Um, so, so like he's, Oh man. Like I just imagine there's gotta be like a weird mix of emotions where one, like he's ha- like, he's excited to see God's promise being fulfilled. But on the other hand, um, he's scared as to how he's going to like, um, how, how they're going to survive in this boat, how they're going to manage all these animals in this boat. Like this is, this is unknown territory for him. And I think that's wherever, wherever you um, are going to be fearful is where you're doing something that's unknown. Right. So, um, so Noah's never, Noah's never um, been a captain of a boat before. He hasn't, well, 
I I doubt he was. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe he has. Yeah. You doubt, yeah, you doubt he was. Um, but yeah, so um, so Noah. But anyways, he's never had like forty. Well, no one's ever had forty-five thousand animals on one confined boat. And then what? It's only it's him and uh, eight. Um, like he planned, like the planning that went into this, like from what we saw, what we went on the arc, like it looked like, Hey, like this was thought out. It was planned out. Like they, they, they showed how you could have like certain mm-hmm. mechanisms to mm-hmm. like automate, um, automate like feeding of the animals and automate like um, water and like waste removal and stuff. So um, I'm sure the planning uh, made him more comfortable, but, Again, like he's never done it and like he's worried about if it's going to work or not. Um, so, but, you know, there's no sign here. I mean, leading courageously is all about yeah. how you lead in the face of fear. And like, he's got to be scared. Yeah, like I would think there's got to be some fear in what's about to happen. Um, it's not, uh, it's not maybe recorded. I'm just, Try to look through here. I don't, I don't see anything about fear, but um, that would be a question I have regarding the vision of manhood. Is how did yeah. Noah deal with his fears? Like, there's not too too much on this chapter about like Noah's character. It's more so like, like he's already gone through like he's already done the core things of our vision of manhood, and I think you're kind of seeing like the benefits of it, as in he did God's will. So now he's on a boat while everyone else, all the other animals and all the other humans who weren't righteous in God is, are not on that boat. So. Hmm. Yeah. So I think that, I think, I think Alex's point, like I can see there, like the repetition, like repeating, um, repeating some things we already learned in Genesis six, you know, Noah being a righteous man uh, walking with God. So that, uh, that tells us that Noah was, Noah was not passive in his relationship with God. Um, So that theme is repeated again. And then the theme, Noah did everything as the Lord God commanded him. That's repeated again. So that's taking Noah, taking his will to obey very seriously um, he's accepting that responsibility and then yeah like I don't mm-hmm. think there's like one specific point where you can pinpoint oh that's where Noah leads courageously I think you have to come and look at it like as a whole and that's where you see him leading courageously I, th- I think like the in um in verse thirteen it just says like Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth, along with his wife and the wives of his three sons entered the ark. Like those are the people that he was leading courageously for. He was the man, and um, he is viewed as the the head of the of the family, and he's the one where I'm sure people were looking up to him and his family, nervous about you know is this even worth it? Is God telling the truth or is this just some crazy dream you're having? Um, and I think that kind of goes along with um, like the aspect of you have a, a woman to love and protect. So it's not, not necessarily he was just doing that for his wife, but 
as well as his sons and, and their wives as well. So I think just he's just being courageous this whole time, just trusting God and um, kind of reassuring his family that this this is actually happening. This is directly from God and that we need to um, follow his every every instruction during this time. Sometimes you just got to look at the big picture to understand some of the themes. Yeah. You always got anything else to add or do you think we summarized chapter seven decently enough? Just, uh, just the last verse, verse 24, the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. I don't know if that, that counts the 40 days and 40 nights that it was raining, but like, that's, that's a long time with a bunch of animals, man. And and your family. Like if you think quarantine with your family for a couple months is bad, try being on a smelly ark with eight people and a bunch of animals. Yeah. That long. Like imagine the animals too. Like like some animals are used to mm-hmm. having a rain like they have no confinement. Like they can go wherever they want. Um, they can range like 100 kilometers a day if they want. But all of a sudden, they're stuck in this pen for 150 days. Yeah. Domestic and wild animals. So, yeah. I don't know. How do you keep keep those I animals God probably control, um, Use the same thing he used on the lions and in Daniel's scenario with in the ark. Keeping them relatively quiet. Ooh. That's just my guess. All right, I think that's everything we got for Genesis. That's a wrap. Wrap it up, boys. They're they're confident or whatever. And the like, what did he say? Oh, he had some interesting line like, "Your kids who cry more are more are more likely to get bullied," or something. <laughs>